Hi, Karen. Hi, Meg. I have to share something with you. <laughs> I've seen the mountaintop of gnome and fairy collaborations. Oh, the, hi- the highest peak. The highest peak. The place where they have mastered the collab. Tell me. It's called Gaia's Garden Apothecary in Morro Bay, California. <laughs> it looks like the store from Hogwarts. <laughs> you walk in and it's in a massive array of every kind of crystal you could ever want. Every wand, every skull, every face mask, every trinket, walls and walls of it, walls of every plant that's ever existed. It's like a jungle. And oh, then that's the garden part. It's the garden part. And then there is a wall of the apothecary wall of every kind of herb and tincture and mixture and balm and of fresh herbs all being created by the gnome behind the counter. I was going to say, this all sounds gnome. Absolutely. There's a cafe in there for every kind of tea and chai and elixir you could want with mullein and elderflower. Ooh, and, wow, I love to go yes. to an apothecary and order an elixir. Exactly. <laughs> oh, y'all. This oh, is it. The this is it. It's the Mecca. <laughs> mountain you've seen the mountain you've seen the top mountain top the view from above is fabulous okay cool get into the show yeah hi i'm kieran trace and i'm megan rogel welcome to humans decoded a story of hobbits fairies elves dwarfs gnomes and humans if you get lost at any point there is a deep dive on all the different avatars in episode one it includes notes Thank you for joining us in a fun little chat about the vast potential of our human makeup. Let's start the show. Today we're looking at the antagonists of Elf. Yes, we are. (laughs) But wait, before we do that, let's do one more. Let's do a chapter of what's in the bag. Oh, we love this game. Yeah, everybody loves the game. Yeah. Our favorite game. The favorite game. We've heard from you guys like it too. What's in the bag? Okay, Meg, I'm going to throw it on you. What's in the bag? Dwarf. All right. Dwarf bags. Um, The dwarf bags I know are Joe Rogan's bags and my stepfather Cecil. Big, beefy dwarves. And... I want to adjust it to say it's not just one bag for dwarves. It's multiple bags. And in Cecil's truck, there would be multiple bags. One bag would be just fishing equipment. One would be his golf bag. In each of these bags, I would call them all the tools to support the clan. (laughs) Whether it's him or his brothers and sisters. That was one of the bags. So he's had a, he has a tool, full tool set in the – this would be in his truck. He would have multiple bags in his truck, a tool set, his golf bag, a fishing bag, uh, the oil change stuff, um, the cleaners for the, for the truck, you name it. And Joe Rogan has talked about the same thing. He has a truck full of bags of every tool. He has his crossbow. <laughs> he has his hunting equipment. He has his knives. The truck is your bag. It is your bag. It's your purse. It's your purse. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, sort of the opposite of the elf bag we were talking about last week. It is. Yeah. Yeah, the elf bag is like, <laughs> ideally, just yourself. <laughs> ideally, no bag. No bag. No bag is the best. <laughs> all your keys and all your phone and all your cards are on your phone. Exactly. <laughs> that is hilarious. No bag versus bag, yeah. which goes into dwarf versus elf, which Perfect. is antagonistic. Yes. Okay. So let's preference this just a little bit. I think it's worth saying. In each of these, 
right? We want to not really say like, this is the antagonistic relationship. There's not much in common. You guys are opposites, but there's something there, like how each, like by having an antagonist, it brings something out in you that's valuable. Yes. Now it may not be good as in like good and bad scale, but Mm. it's going to be valuable. Yeah. So that we don't just have to be surrounded by protagonists. Yes. The antagonists make up a lot of our story too. Yeah. And so as we're going through this little series here of the antagonists, we want to like try to highlight that piece where they're bringing something out in you. Yep. And they make you more you. They make you more you. So so to something, um, that came in from the crew from you guys, our beloved decoders. Um, this was a fairy and gnome. Oh, great. Gosh, that's the theme of that's the background theme here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this is a, a couple, and it's so great because they're generally fit our antagonistic thing, as, as we've great. said. But you talked about that great collab at the top of the show. But also, this is what she writes We make it work by respecting and not controlling each other's speed. <laughs> And also being very careful with our communication skills. Mm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I'm more explosive and he's more contractive. That's such a beautiful way yes. to say that, right? Yes. I love it. It's like the fairy is really explosive and the, yeah. the gnome is really contractive. And she <laughs> says, as you can imagine, when we align, it's like a rutilated quartz sphere. Oh, how gorgeous is that? Yeah, That's totally. Beautiful. She says, deep down, the deep downward dive of that gnome is so endearing and it brings out this creative grounding energy Mm. that I need in my life. Mm. His creativity connects to a dancing fire within me, which is very healing in this world. Beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? My gnome is very observant and sensitive to seeing and then celebrating me. I definitely find it easy to spice up his life in different ways. Mm. And our conversations are so out there. <laughs> they feel like mental chocolate. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yum. And bonus, he remembers to eat and sleep because she's the fairy. Because <laughs> she, yes. she doesn't. And so this such a beautiful illustration mm. of how what is – could be fundamentally antagonistic because you are actually running polars. Yes. You're, you're in these like ones explosive Different and camps. ones contractive. Yes. How actually they can really mm. bring out these beautiful flavors of you yes. in the contrast. Yes. Um, oh, I love it. It's so good. It reminds me of this. Um, it's called Ubuntu. It's like an African proverb or saying. It basically translates to, I am what I am because of who we all are. Uh, and sometimes it says, I am who I am because of who you are. Mm. So it's, it speaks to this intertwined nature of everything yeah. and that I am more myself because of you. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, it's so great. It's so great. So skipping back to that elf and dwarf situation, right? right? So we're running these really like we put this in an antagonistic category because that elf is so principled and so rigid. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the dwarf. Mm-hmm. Let me get my light words mm-hmm. here. This is always a thing for me, getting the words right. The dwarf is very principled and very rigid, mm-hmm. whereas the elf is just profoundly questioning, yeah. always. Um, and so those are like 
very, very opposite spectrum yes. here. Um, the dwarf is that high execution, mm-hmm. right? There's it's making physical form happen, happen, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the elf is more that free flow, yeah, right? Always that free flow of ideas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so again, really different tracks. Yep. And then you've got that dwarf is that very high resilience, right. you know, so. So just stone, things bounce, bang, 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 bang. Whereas an elf is very, very low resilience. Yeah, yep. yep. You know, it's that, it's that. I sometimes call you princess in the pea. Often, (laughs) often when people are talking about me personally, like Mm -hmm. Kieran, I always have to say to someone like, no, I'm princess in the pea. (laughs) Like 10, 15 mattresses down. If there's one little pea. Yep. I promise you, I'm not making a story. Like, I will not be able to sleep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really to say, if anything is just slightly out of alignment, boom, it hits me so loud. Yeah. But as Meg says, I'm I'm a triple elf. I'm as yep. elfy as elf comes. Yep. Um, yep. So, but that's that, you know, like, if you ended up with a triple dwarf and a triple elf, like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So, where is that? Then, or what do you, you know? Where is that overlap? Or what do you totally. see? Totally. Well, I saw, I um, watched, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched some of Elon Musk's interview on Joe Rogan this last week. And that is, Elon is an elfy, elfy elf. Elfy elf. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, he that, leads with arrogance. He He's leads with so arrogance. arrogance. Oh, he wants to, yeah, take yeah. over everything, and right? So He's many just... of his thought processes are like, he took one thought so far. Right. He took it to space. He took it to space. <laughs> exactly. Took, and he's like wrong or inaccurate on things, yeah, but yeah. he But is, he goes. He goes. Talk about he free goes, flow. Yeah, right. He just free flows. Flow. Yeah, exactly. So he's as elf as it gets. And then I would say Joe is as dwarf as it gets. I mean, oh my God, he's like a triple dwarf, right? He is just all about execution. He works out two hours a day. He crossbows and goes elk hunting on the weekends. He's, you know, got three different <laughs> trucks and toys that he, you know, he's meeting with all of his friends he's uh, you know i mean there's just, he's, he's he's announcing for ufc fighting <laughs> it's really great because like i don't know if you guys like kids are just see that elon musk and joe rogan like that is the example of antagonistic right there like you just like there's so little in comics <laughs> well there's this it, i couldn't watch it because it was so painful to watch there was literally like there would just be dead silence <laughs> Anything Joe would ask, like Elon doesn't really have an answer for. There was this; they were discussing like manufacture or just building Teslas, right? And uh, Elon was talking about how, like the ideas and the design is super, super easy. And then he would say, which is the realm of dwarves, the hardest thing about making cars or making anything is the manufacturing. And he he said this like three different times in the interview, and then he would stop. He meaning like he doesn't know where to go with manufacturing. <laughs> So he would just go, Joe, I can't say enough. It, manufacturing is a thousand times harder, no, 10,000 times harder than the idea. And then Joe would ask a question about manufacturing or want to know. They, they No idea. He has no idea. That's so hilarious. Yes. Because, and then if it was the opposite, Joe would be like, the easiest thing is manufacturing. <laughs> the totally, toughest thing totally, exactly. is imagining how you could. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, exactly. And this is, they, they really, I mean, it's a terrible interview. <laughs> so what they ended up doing in the middle, they ordered pizza in the middle of the interview. <laughs> And they went and shot crossbows at the new Tesla model. 
they basically just were like two bros hanging out and like they could agree on pizza and they could agree on like shooting shit. <laughs> wow. That's about all we had. Wow. So, but I would say there was mutual respect for like each other's domains. Yes. Um, and we want to also preference when we're talking about Elon Musk here. Um, you know, he, he is Asperger. Yeah. He's very, very high functioning autism. And that isn't exclusively elf. Like no. that's not like you can be any avatar and have um, yeah. the, a kind of extraordinary development brain as yeah. we would call those. Yeah. Um, it's not a normative brain. It's an extraordinary brain, mm. the autism spectrum and in the high functioning mm -hmm. category. So for someone like him, like Elon or Steve jo Job Jobs, Jobs mm -hmm. um, you know, <laughs> the the Asperger there is sometimes yeah. obviously never spoken about. I don't know why. No. It's it's because we think of it as a disabled brain disablement. Yeah. instead yeah. of extraordinary brain. Um, but, you know, sidebar, any massive evolutionary leap in humanity since the beginning of time came from um, one of these extraordinary brain types. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. If you go through the the Curries, the Einsteins, the the Mozarts, the Beethovens. This is what you see. That this, this is a spectrum brain. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you in that in that thing where you have Joe Rogan and then Elon yeah. and Elon on the spectrum as well. The full yeah. stop. Full stop. Elon it's doesn't this, have this pressure to yeah. keep the story going. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, not interested in that social kind of yeah. mores. You know, and not taking the clues. No, totally. Whereas. Whereas Mr. Dwarf, you know, Joe is all about the social hang, <laughs> right? Elon, not so much. I was thinking about my other dwarf and uh, elf pair that I think about all the time and I've mentioned before is Chris D'Elia and Brian Kellen, two stand-up comedians and podcasters. They're both really, really funny men. Um, and they come together sometimes. They'll, like, watch a fight together or different things. And they they – they same thing. They have almost nothing in common, and they're uh, uh, Brian's wit. He's got this sort of quick wittedness. He has observ observational humor, right? He's got this really elfy ability to paint a, an amazing story. It's very precise and very funny, and his timing's impeccable. And then Chris is like goes on these ridiculous rants, and he's real bang 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 about his humor. When they to come together. They they can't talk about almost anything, but they can be quite funny together. It's that clash, and each of them is funnier together. I swear to God, it's that Ubuntu thing. Um, and so they have these bits. You'll just if you look online, there's one about like like Brian is talking about glycogen and how it's it's metabolized in the body when he's talking about his health, and he's very you know precise about his health. And Chris interrupts him in the middle of this podcast to so to just rant at him like you're talking about glycogen, you're not a doctor, you better have a doctor's coat on when I look at you again, or you don't get to talk about glycogen. He's like, shut up, dude. You know, just, and Brian, seeing the overall picture of the bit plays the straight man and he plays it really really well and he just lets chris do his rant and together they are fucking hilarious they are comedy gold just these little bits because of course they can't they can't do any kind of long form yeah because there's not but enough. the clash is really really fun right um they also you know in terms of the venn diagram overlap i would say they also like they both really appreciate good business acumen and um, they appreciate really well-made things. Like they'll go into detail about well-made things. And I think this is an overlap for dwarfs and, and elves. There's not much overlap, but I think there's an appreciation for that, for the business acumen and for um, 
for just high quality stuff. Mm. I was thinking about um, Martha Stewart, a dwarf, and this gal named Bethany Frankel, who you might know from reality television. <laughs> she was on the Martha Stewart Apprentice a long time ago. And she's an elf. She's such an elf. A million ideas for businesses. She's bought and sold several businesses. And she was deeply inspired by Martha. Um, she she thought Martha was like her god. And uh, Martha, she she wanted to like have a business like Martha. She wanted like a home um, home decor business. She ended up like creating one and then selling that one. She created like a Bethany Bakes business, created it, sold it, um, and then later made a margarita mix, created it, sold it. Um, and now she does talk shows and things like that because she's an elf. She doesn't actually really want to manufacture anything. But she, the business acumen of Martha totally inspired her. Mm. And they be, they were collaborators here and mm-hmm. there. Yeah, back in the day. It is like um, because the dwarf is carrying that execution. Yeah. If the elf can strategize that, like what exactly. you're saying there, it's like if the elf can do the strategy on 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 the floor, on the ground, like yes. immediately. Yes, it becomes this really beautiful movement. Yeah, um, because that elf is free from the resilience required yes. and the execution required. Yeah, exactly. Um, so really it's, you know, like if they can stay in their own lane. This is it. Yeah. Right? Like really cause, because there's so little overlap that they're really in these opposite places. Yeah. Because it, when when the arrogance meets that anger rant, yeah. that's toxic if it's coming at each other, right? Yeah, we don't want it. Yeah. So you can see how the Elon and the, yes. the Rogan could go wrong or the, yeah. you know, like because as, as soon as that – anger rant and bark is coming and it's meeting a field of arrogance yeah bam boom that's just toxicity yeah but in the but in the awareness of this and really staying in your own lane the dwarf like that you know the martha stewart where she has all this resilience and all this execution that bethany can step in as a new entrepreneur and see these really strong foundational yes. models. Yes. And then that just activates her strategy. Exactly. It's inspired her so much. It yeah. was the inspiration. It was like it was like she could see what was possible mm-hmm. because all of this all of this stuff had been manufactured. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, Oh, <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, the next antagonistic relationship for an elf is the gnome. Oh, yeah. And again, they're just so, so different, right? Because the gnome is very slow mm-hmm. and the elf is very fast. Mm-hmm. And this really, that really is the, the slowest of all, all avatars is yep. the gnome. It's and the, the gnome. And then the speed of an elf. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then the same thing when we we mentioned that that out that gnome is going for the details mm-hmm. and just not it's not going to concur with anything until that 360 degree viewpoint has been reached. Exactly. It all stays in a very like I can't ground or land or even take on this idea unless I've got all 360. <laughs> yes. Versus the elf that it's like Dig down for a single truth and then go for it. Yeah. yeah. Does it seem yeah. sound? Yeah. Seem sound. Go, go for, for it. it. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, and so that <laughs> that could be a, this really antagonistic oh, yeah. movement. 
And then, of course, the gnome has that fastidiousness, right? That fastidious yes. execution. And elves are best known for hacks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and again, that, what's the fastest way through? Yeah. What's yeah. the fastest, most efficient mm-hmm. way through? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just going <laughs> to, you're going to get stuck. You're going to get hung up on that. We are on different paths. Yeah, exactly. And then the gnome, which really has that very high stamina, Mm -hmm. those gnomes that are capable of that very deep, deep dive in many ways, very capable of so much incredible execution. Yep, they really can do that basement thing for two weeks. They're okay. And they can really design this apothecary full of every crystal and every plant and every, you know. Yeah, and harvest their own herbs. yeah, you know, have a mushroom yeah. garden out yeah, back. Exactly. Versus that elf that really requires that freedom of flow. Yeah, yeah. That that it would be so burdensome. Vast, to be, yeah, yeah, they yeah. need the vastness and the yeah. spaciousness to to move to forward. Move forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's always forward. Oh, it's always forward. So mm-hmm. let's talk about how that comes together, <laughs> totally. making the best out of each other. Well, the classic example I think of is, because you were mentioning Steve Jobs, is Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, the the dynamic duo that created Apple. And Steve Jobs is, again, that perfect example of an elf, and Woz was a gnome, is a gnome. Um, you know, I mean, Steve Jobs, talk about free flow of ideas. He's just a hundred percent vision. He created, you know, streaming music. You know, he had that. It was his idea. He created the personal computer. He created the smartphone. This was just idea after idea, and you know, and the two of them working in a garage. <laughs> you know, I don't know, thirty years ago now. Um, no, oh, it was more than that. It's got to be sixty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah years yeah. ago. They're in their twenties. They were in their twenties. So, and they're in their. They would have been. Steve's in his. They were in 70s. the garage. Yeah, in yeah. the late seventies. 70s, early 80s yeah. with this stuff. So, so we're talking. Uh, don't quote us. We're not, yeah, exactly. We're not experts, <laughs> we're not experts, on, not experts this. on this for sure. We're not experts on dialing down into the date. But I know that Wozniak would be um, infuriated <laughs> by these ideas because he's the engineer, right? And he's actually going in and creating the computer chip. So he is. He's if Steve had an idea, he would know for every one idea there were like fifty thousand hours of engineering to do, and famously he would say to Steve over and over again like it can't be done, no, no, and then Steve would be like it it can I've seen what you can do, it can happen, <laughs> so they sort of like Martha and Bethany right like they're inspiring each other um it was the same with this, the glass maker. The glass on Apple iPhones was had never been made before. That it would be it would be so resilient, and and there was a glass maker. Steve found the best glass maker on earth, and the glass maker was like, "Can't be done." <laughs> and Steve was like, "Can be done." I've had the vision, <laughs> um, and so they would work completely separately, but totally inspire each other. Um, so it's like Waz didn't know what was possible um, unless Steve you know, said it. And Steve didn't know what was possible unless Waz was creating something, you know? Yeah. So he could see that, oh, the manufacturing and the engineering could happen. It, like, like I know what Waz is capable of. I know he'll be fastidious and, and he'll go Jobs into every and corner. Wozniak are very antagonistic oh, to they, each other. Oh, That's they did not get along at all. They did not get along. But it was because every time Waz mm-hmm. actually created something, it inspired <laughs> Jobs to have seven more ideas, yes. which would then inspire Waz to go create. Like it was this 
it was the an unbroken circle between them <laughs> yeah. that was just completely it eventually broke and broke. got other engineers but it was but it it created this empire right um so yeah antagonistic but the the depth of creation on both ends right because they're both going to these extreme the level of depth of the actual creation and the engineering and then the level of depth of the vision yeah Whew. yeah yeah so you know the overlap is something like they can both really run with the extremes of an idea right and and there's this mental acuity and this ability to go to these new levels let's say um that i i just i think elves and gnomes are great examples of that like like gnomes gnomes get into new territory of engineering for instance or new territory of art and elves get into new territory of vision yeah yeah my favorite is Dave Chang. Oh yeah, you and Dave Chang, great example. That's a, that. So Dave Chang being a gnome, who's just my absolute favorite, because I think everything Dave says is gospel. Totally, totally. <laughs> One of the great chefs. If Dave Chang says yes. it, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and in that case, what happens is I deeply appreciate his deep dive there. I don't yeah. want the details. <laughs> I just want the findings. Yes. And. You know, yeah. what I'm did you find? Yes. Yeah, when I'm listening to his podcast, he's just giving me his findings. Mm. Um, but then I could take those findings and make them into these great organizational structures. Yes. Um, so it's like genius on genius. Genius just on what genius. you're saying. Yep. It's like yep. there are two forms of genius. Yep. Elves are often genius. The gnomes are often genius. And we yep. put the two geniuses together. Just don't, Stay not in, in the same garage. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's not the same garage. It's not the same studio. It's not the same, you know, bedroom. Bedroom. It's not the same yeah. house, maybe. Yeah, it's it's uh, very different lanes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have the the other antagonistic one would be elf versus human. Yeah, yeah. So with that human, we end up with um, very rules, very very much into the rules. Yeah. And the elf, which is very much uh, conceptual and, you know, truth and uh, how far deep something goes. Mm. And um, it's so funny that the rule is not the is not structure. Yeah. It's their stop points, you know, yep. and, and for an elf, they don't want those stop points. Not interested. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, with the human, you have a lot of stuff. Oh, right. A lot of stuff. The humans, stuff. they need to play storage that role. You need to, units yeah. and yeah. they've got a lot of roles, so yeah. they have a lot of stuff. And then versus elf, which is the very least amount of stuff. <laughs> yes. Don't get in the way of the vastness and the efficiency. Yeah, the, va- mm-hmm. the spaciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, something true, too, is humans are very – as we've talked about marshalling, right? Yeah. Like get the group together, get the group agreement, get the group harmony, find that group, you know, like <laughs> yeah. let's, let's go. Um, and elves are so very keep their own counsel on things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whether they're extroverted or introverted, they tend to keep their own counsel. Yep. Like, yep. I'll, I'll think about this myself. Maybe. Yeah, Thanks exactly. Very much. Yep. I, you know what? Yep. I've uh, come to my own conclusions yes. and I'm good where I stand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually interested in your feedback. <laughs> yes, yes. I have yes. a sister who's human. Um, I have a lot of human in my biological family, but my, I have a sister who's human, and um, there's a lot of like 
her looking up at me and spewing how rude I am. I'm the rudest. I'm so rude. Um, and what it is is that she's trying to marshal, and I'm very much keeping my own counsel. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. never the twain shall meet. Oh, gosh. And really, like, oh, hairs on the back of the neck for each of them. Yeah, totally. Because they're really holding these different spaces. Yeah, real poles there for yeah. sure. Yep. Okay, so... I was thinking about, uh, it made me think of my um, cousin's son, who is an elf, he's the eldest, and my aunt, who I've talked about, who's a human, and antagonistic in so far as, like, they really, they don't have a lot to talk about, right? It's that we're we're at that point, there's no, but they can, they can support each other. My aunt, Zach was the eldest child, so he was the first one to, like, be driven around to all of his games and everything, and my aunt did all of it, and it actually really helped the elf be able to follow his flow, his free flow. So this is grandma is human. Grandma's human. Yeah. Grandson is the elf. Exactly. So, and, and he's, you know, now in his teens, um, but she's been there his whole life just for whatever was needed. So she's driving. She's, she's driving. Picking she's him picking up. him up. She's bringing the snacks. She's going to the school functioning. She's helping my cousin. She's marshalling. Exactly. And then he just got to... You know, of all three of my cousin's kids, he's he's maybe the least close to my aunt. But in a way, he's maybe the most helped because she takes care of all that stuff and he can just go elf, do yeah. you know, where he doesn't have to remember the snacks. He doesn't have to remember his socks. He doesn't have to remember his shoes. She's got it. Well, that's yeah, delicious. <laughs> really delicious. It's nice to have a human for an elf. Um, so yeah, they're 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 pals. They're, there's like a mutual respect, but not necessarily. Not they're not chatting much. <laughs> um, but I did think that there is some overlap with humans and elves. They're about as different as it can get. But I think they both appreciate kind of like clean and precise ways of communal functioning. <laughs> this no. is my this is my yeah, stab yeah, at yeah. It. Both, yeah both humans. It's it's true. The humans are going to be very clean. Yep. And the elves can be very. Tidy. Yeah, they may not be clean, but they they're going to be tidy. Yep. but they really would appreciate the clean because it keeps yep. it vast. It keeps it vast. Yep. It keeps and it efficient. out of stuff. Yep. More efficient. Yeah. Yep. I saw a post from our brunch with Babs. Do you remember? So she's our human on Instagram. We've posted her on our show notes, and she's a human that is just constantly talking protocol and etiquette. And she had a little like a blip about like in holiday travel. Here are the ten things to remember when you're on a plane, and it's all very basic. You know the basic rules. But I was like, oh, an elf would appreciate this. Yeah. It's like, how do you make, you know, getting onto a plane super efficient? Yes. How do you pack your bag really efficiently? Yeah. Uh, you know? And it'd be really great for the elf if a human would get up there and just tell everybody. Yes, exactly. You know, like, because that's way efficient, too. Yeah, exactly. Similar to your aunt just, you know, like taking care of Zach's stuff. You know, yeah, it's like. Exactly. It's great like, functioning, very efficient. Yeah. 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 So how keep to be clean, yeah. how to keep us moving, yeah. how to keep that community communal spaces open yes. open yes open so the elf can be open in those spaces yes, yes. marshal everybody so we can just flow through yeah, yeah. the elf yeah. wants and brings efficiency everywhere and the human brings that functionality exactly um and the elf is very very deep and the humans are breadth yep so if you know that going in they don't meet <laughs> <laughs> no. they don't meet yeah the meeting is knowing that others not going to see what you see. Yeah. And the particular challenge that can be very toxic and very antagonistic between human and elf is that the other may not value 
what you value. No. Right? The, the, yeah. the human may not value the depth at all, and the elf mm-hmm. may not value the breadth. Yeah. And so that's when it can become really antagonistic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think um, really what we're saying, and I think there's this lovely, really beautiful message here, is that if the antagonistic relationship is going to bring out the best in you, what it's doing is pressurizing your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the contrast. It's it's one is in this lane and the other is in this lane, and those lanes don't cross. Yeah. But if you stay in your lane, um, knowing that's your lane, mm-hmm. and, and somehow that antagonistic pressurizes it. It mm-hmm. pressurizes your lane mm-hmm. so that you somehow own it more. Yeah. Um, because some of the feedback we're hearing is like it's it's challenging if you get into a romantic relationship, um, and you're in it's one of these antagonistic setups. Yeah. But <laughs> okay, my opinion is <laughs> most rel- romantic relationships mm-hmm. are set up around antagonistic lines. Mm-hmm. That that is, we don't have a lot of models on planet Earth for very successful romantic relationships. Truly in alignment. Yeah, yeah I mean, just check for yourself. <laughs> Think about other relationships, romantic relationships around you, and now think of which one you want to be in. <laughs> not that you admire, Mm-mm. not that you respect, not that you wish you had, but but actually put yourself in the shoes of that mm-hmm. relationship, and do you want it? <laughs> Day-to-day life in those shoes. In the shoes yeah. of that relationship, mm-hmm. and see if there's any around you that you would want to have. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so 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 it's not in its essence it's not a problem that your romantic relationship is in one of these antagonistic partnerships where there actually isn't a lot of ground in common so long as you can really allow your mm-hmm. boundaries to be pressurized yeah. and have those boundaries. Yeah, it can really sharpen those boundaries. It sharpens <laughs> them up and this yeah. is where we really celebrate boundary over compromise. Yes. Um, where we would, you know, and you can fight us on that one yep. anytime. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that a boundary is going to be so much more of a win, 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 win for all yeah. rather than a compromise. Yeah. Um, and so, but a boundary is not easy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not even simple because you have to hear it. Yeah. And yeah. that is the thing that the antagonistic gives you mm-hmm. is you can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can hear your boundary because yeah. they're, it's loud coming at you in yeah. the opposite direction. Yeah, and you, you're. It's like, it's like in order to survive and thrive, you've got to find that boundary. Like yeah. it's like an opponent, a match or something, you know. And you really like they're gonna, they're gonna. If it's a boxing match or something, and they're coming at you with a left hook and a left hook, you better figure out. <laughs> and the how thing to is, romance that. is very close to the bone, mm-hmm. and each of us have these very fragile, very broken hearts that have been broken again and again mm-hmm. and again, and very few of them fully transformed and healed before they're being used again and broken again. Yeah. So we all have this fragility inside of us. And then the romance is very close to the bone. It's mm-hmm. very, you know, like in there. And then what you've old, got. Old, yeah. deep in. Yeah. And it's very likely that you're mm-hmm. in an antagonistic pairing. And so the win, the win here is it's just really inviting you to hear your own being and mm. find a way to communicate it. Yeah. And then 
that can make it so gorgeous because the opposites, if they're not busy compromising, but actually standing in their own lane, what can be born can be so beautiful. Like yes. that rutilated quartz. Yes, that, that exactly. Are, your in, your internal, yes, actually can shine more. You can get more access to that through really hearing that boundary. Yeah. Yeah. And they're incredibly hard. We have a bunch of YouTubes on the mm-hmm. on the channel over boundaries. Um, I have a whole we kind kind of the course in fearlessness mm-hmm. is a little bit of that. Is a, you could in one way say the entire class is about boundaries. That that's the third class in the series mm-hmm. of my long form classes. Embodiment is where you deeply inhabit the body you're in and you you come to really live there, ground in it, love it, mm. and notice all these core patterns that would take you out of that deep ground of being and, and listening to the being. Mm-hmm. Accelerated healing is the next one, and that's really a series of very exquisite, um, really efficient tools for healing, very amplified, very, very mm-hmm. direct, very inside of three months, you can do 10 years worth of healing. Yeah. Like it's very effective and efficient healing tools. And then, which brings you to the Course in Fearlessness by by being rooted in your grounding, in your body, by really listening, by being aware of the core patterns that would take you out, by doing a huge amount of healing in a short amount of time mm-hmm. around those patterns, you are ready to like hold your boundary in order to make these these risks mm-hmm. to take risks for more fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And the course in fearlessness is built for that. It's like risking more fulfillment, mm-hmm. but you, you need those boundaries. Mm-hmm. The boundary is the no. Mm-hmm. And the no is required to find the yes. Mm-hmm. And something I always like to say is like, the no is not the end of the sentence. Like it's not one. It's like, it's only the beginning of the sentence. Mm-hmm. And two, if that's all the communication skill you have is is to hear and say a no, you'll never use it mm. because it's not skillful enough to really meet another human. Mm-hmm. If the only thing you're going to say to another human is no, mm-hmm. what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Right? You're going to need more communication skill. And the mm-hmm. skill, all of it is the yes. Mm-hmm. Where is the yes? Where is your yes? What is your yes? No, I don't want to go to a movie with you on Saturday because yes, what I'd love to do is go out for dinner much earlier, five or six, and bring our friends Teresa and John. Mm-hmm. Now we're interchanging. We now yeah. we're talking. <laughs> but the boundary was the no part, and you had to have heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really that's what we're saying with these antagonistic relationships. Yep. They're pressurizing your need to communicate your boundaries. Yep, yep. And let's have it. Let's have it. We'll take it. Let's have it. (laughs) Yeah. We say bring it on. Bring it. (laughs) All right. See you next time. Next time. Thank you for listening. We obviously love hearing what you think. Your feedback helps us make a better show for you to listen to. So feel free to comment and you can do it at Facebook, which is the Humans Decoded Podcast with Kieran Joyce and Megan Rokel. And um, if you're not on social, you can always email any questions to us at outreach at kierantrace.com. And um, thanks for listening. We love you. Thanks, everybody. Love you. <laughs>